All right, welcome to the OVNI interviews. We are your hosts, Eric Bork and Mikey Taylor. What up? Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mikey. We're doing something a little bit different this week, you guys. Uh, where are you at, Mikey? I'm on my way to San Diego, sitting in traffic. Mikey is sitting in the car, and uh, we're going to do the podcast that way this week. So let me let me do our, our intro real quick. Here on the OVNI interviews, we interview people doing the work they want and the lifestyle they love to help build practical revenue streams. And really quick before we start, um, anybody out there who has clients and wants to help those clients get reviews, shoot me a DM. We're rolling out a small test group. We already have a few people in it. Um, if you want to add an additional revenue stream to your existing agency, shoot me a DM. So let's jump in. Mikey, stoked to have you back on your own podcast, man. You've been busy. I know, dude. I, feel, I can't remember the last time I was on one. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think it was a few weeks ago, maybe three I feel weeks like ago. I'm, I feel like I'm visiting someone else's podcast, not my own. <laughs> so, hey, dude, real quick, because I've been telling everybody that um, you know the other guests we've had that you're back on. So we need an update. Tell us about. It's exciting. What's going on? Tell us about your building in Long Beach and an update there. Um. So the building in Long Beach is is about complete pretty much complete um we just started leasing up so we're now having our first uh first five people uh renting from us which is pretty awesome. uh pretty exciting yeah so um so yeah we've just been kind of like hustling trying to get that thing ready to uh to start renting yeah and anybody that hasn't seen it check it out it's so cool i i personally love really nice interiors and i love pools so it's yeah. far away from my li- where I live, but I would love it. It's got yeah. like grazed out countertops, or excuse me, I believe counters, floors, like a redone pool. Like it's looking amazing. So um, at Commune Capital, for anybody that hasn't seen it on Mikey's uh, Insta already. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty exciting. How are you feeling? About the building? Yeah, like you're, you're either at or close to the finish line. Well, we feel good now because we started leasing up and, and, and they're leasing for, uh, what we plan for, um, yeah. which is that, that's where all the pressure, pressure lies. The, you start getting nervous that you're not going to hit your numbers and you're not going to hit your numbers by you going over your budget or people running for less than what you're planning for. Yeah. So now that that is, uh, happening, we all, it, there's a lot of pressure that's kind of been, uh, lifted off our shoulders. Awesome, dude. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah and, so uh, we feel good about it. And then currently with Commune, you guys have two properties, correct? Yeah, we have one that we're working on outside of uh, outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. So just want to give the people a status update. And then also, just what's your like, we kind of touched on this before, but just to kind of uh, touch on it again real quick, what's your days like uh, at this point? Well, right now, I started speaking a little bit. At at events, I'm going down to speak at one right now uh, in San Diego for uh, it's a real estate investing conference. Oh, that's this um, weekend. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm going down there. Got you. Yeah, so I mean that's not like an everyday thing. That actually isn't that often. Maybe like once or twice a month. But I started doing those, and in doing them, uh, you know, there's a lot of like prep work. So I'm like, you know, I have to like come up with the idea, write the keynote, practice it. There's it's like feels like I'm learning a whole new thing, which is kind of cool. Um, 
but other than that, my day to day is, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm in the streets a lot right now. I'm, 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 we're still raising money. So I'm, it's a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls. Um, and then just coming up with like all the marketing material for everything we're doing. Yeah. It's crazy how much, so I don't have a consistent, I don't have a, I don't have a consistent schedule. My, that, that's like, it's so all over the place. Um, so I, I, I get home that, that night. I look at my calendar for what the next day has. And dude, some days I'm driving around all day meeting with people. The next day I'm in the office all day. It, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then tell us about the event this weekend. Who are you speaking alongside? And what is the event? The event is called Scale and Escape. And it's basically for people. It's like for the hustler who's like out here just like grinding his face off, running his company, like having success, but hasn't figured out how to put a system or a team underneath him so that he could eventually step away from it if he ever wanted to. Yeah. So it's the guy that the second he slows down, the business goes away. Yep. Um, and I am speaking with, uh, dude, Tony Hawk is actually speaking there. I speak right before Tony Hawk. Um, no correlation that why it's not like a skate event. It just so happens there's two skaters speaking at it. Uh, Bedros Kulian is speaking, Jesse Itzler speaking, uh, Kent Clothier. Uh, and then I, there's a handful of other people. And it, it, if I remember correctly, it's focused on, this one's focused on real estate primarily. Is that right? There's, yeah, a lot of real estate guys, primarily uh, wholesalers is the majority of people there. Okay. Well, awesome, dude. That's it. And how's speaking? Speaking is like kind of new, yeah? How's it, how are Super. you feeling about speaking? Uh, you know, I'm getting better at it. Uh, I, I'm fu- like, I like doing it. I like the... Uh, I like the rush you get when you're up there because it's like you super you're like you get nervous, or at least I do. Yeah. So when I get off stage, it's like I kind of have that similar feeling you get when like you land a trick. You're all like excited yeah. and pumped up. Um, I like that part, um, and I like just like being in front of people. Um, but I'm getting better at it. I think it's just one of those things that like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Sure. Like I like telling stories. You know, I like talking to people. So there is an element that's like comfortable for me but the part that i'm getting used to is having a a whole like kind of keynote speech and concept that you kind of have to stick to and then being able to be able being able to deliver it in like a natural way when you're have like 500 or a thousand people looking at you it's it's uh it's just a challenge because your body goes into like being nervous so then you're not like totally being yourself and you're quick. So uh, I really like it. I think it's fun. I think it's good for everything I'm doing, but uh, uh, I think I like the fact that I can get better at it too. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, that's awesome, man. It's, it's cool to, I I guess this is a little reflection moment just because uh, you haven't been on uh, our show for a few weeks, but it's, it's cool to see what's going on, you know? Yeah. And for, for, yeah, this is, and, and this is uh, a, a really cool format. We can use this format in the future uh, where we just dial people in um, on Anchor, which anybody yeah. out there looking to start a podcast, amazing app for doing it. Yeah. So um, awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for the update and let's, uh, let's jump in here. Okay. Today we're talking about money mistakes. And um, I'm going to kind of cue it up a little bit. I'm going to be asking Mikey questions. uh, And I'm going to cue it up a little bit by saying that I observed when Mikey was skating, you know, back then people, 
I think, and this is funny, you and I haven't talked about this, but people are kind of very open about all their financial wins on social media nowadays. When, They're open when about you, any type of win. <laughs> yeah, any type of win, and especially the financial wins, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but kind of when you were a pro athlete, nobody really talked about, like you would hear an occasional like, oh, this guy signed this deal for this much. But everybody just kind of assumed that every pro athlete and pro skateboarder was rich. And um, is that safe to say? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I definitely think that when we were, you know, skateboarding and people were looking at pro skateboarders, oh, they're just going to be rich forever. Um, And so from my observation, having been Mikey's friend for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I probably need to count it out, but I mean, I observed that he was very good at at money and being cautious with that money. And so we're going to kind of go over today his approach, mistakes that uh, he sees people make that he's made and kind of just run through. And I'm going to interview him on the, the points that we've established we want to talk about. So let's start with your house. So talk to us about the mistake <laughs> he laughed talk to us about the mistakes that people make with their house um well my house was uh one of the biggest mistakes i've ever made um not so much the fact that i bought it but when i had bought it i bought it in 2005 and i didn't even really know i i just was always told like buy a house like that's like the best thing you could ever do buy a house so i buy this house and I was like the first one out of my friends to own a home. So like, I kind of started feeling like really like, like cool about myself. Right. Like, yeah, I own a home. I'm the shit. And yeah. two years, two years later, uh, my financial advisor at the time was like, Hey dude, I think you should sell your house. Like, I think you should sell. I think you should go rent an apartment. Um, where, where the market's at right now. Like, I, I don't think you should hang on to it. And I remember like thinking to myself, like, there's no way I'm selling my house. It had nothing to do with the investment. It had everything to do with me thinking my friends were going to think I was like not successful or something was wrong in my career by me renting an apartment. It was Can like, I add something in there real quick? Uh, um, remember where you're at? Just real quick. I want to kind of add in that at that point, it was almost crazy. I remember every pro skateboarder. I rewind, I don't know what it was, five years before that, people weren't buying houses. So all of the sudden, you pro skateboarders that were making a lot of money and were able to buy houses. So not only did you have like your friends around you, but it was like kind of an industry thing, like the skateboard industry kind of started paying people out big and they were, it was like everybody was buying a house. Well, that's what it, that's what it looked like. The reality wasn't exactly the reality. Wasn't that though? The reality was, is they were giving loans to people they shouldn't give loans to. Totally. Right. Yep. And so skaters were participating in it as well. We were all getting houses and, and, and what really should have happened. I shouldn't have been able to buy that house when I did. It should have taken me another year, year and a half to be able to buy it. And so I barely had to put anything down. I did the same thing. And so I was lucky enough to refi before the crash and had enough money coming in to keep myself afloat during it. Right. But the problem I, the problem I made is I was so concerned with what my friends are going to think of me 
that I didn't yeah. sell my house because I didn't think they, I didn't want them to think I wasn't the man anymore. And yeah. so I didn't sell it. And, and looking back, that cost me, that cost me more money than anything has ever cost me in my entire life was that dumb decision of me worried about what my friends would think of me. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I could have sold my house. Yep. I would have netted 200 grand right there, paid no taxes in it. And instead I can't tell you how much I've lost. Like I'm, I'm now at the point where, you know, the house has, has rebounded and it's, it's beyond what I bought it for, but dude, I've owned it for 15 years. And to look at like what I could have made in two years or what I've made over 15. Uh, yeah. That was like one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. Yeah. That's crazy. I think that's why I'm always so big on like, like don't worry about what other people think of you. Cause that's when you end up making like your biggest mistakes. Yeah. You know? So I so... think that, so I think this is what it is with homes. I think like people, get in situations that they buy them when they they really shouldn't and a lot of that is due to the amount of uh financing you can get at that time yeah and so you know i I think the i think it's a good rule of thumb to have a a significant down payment so that you're not over leveraged on a home Yep. Yeah, when I when I bought my home, they, it was literally like, please buy the home. You don't have to do anything. We'll get. And this was, uh, I think I bought mine in two thousand seven. Oh gosh! Right, yeah, right before the crash. And it's been. I I look at my house. It's been. I think. I mean, obviously, it was since two thousand six or seven. College. Oh, so it's been almost fifteen years, and it it hasn't even gone up that much since then. Yeah, so the the rebound and it's out of state. It yeah, was, you're was in a sub market in Utah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's still to this day. If I would have held on to mine back then, I still wouldn't have made that much money with the rebound. So with that said, uh, it's kind of what what advice would you give to people on what to do? Oh man, the I, dude for me personally, the thing that I learned that is you shouldn't look at your primary residence as an investment. That was like the, the, okay. the big aha moment for me is I, I was looking at it as an investment. And so uh, it, it, it's hard because it can get blurry because a lot of people make money on the home they live in. But I think that's, uh, I don't know, through my experience, man, I've gotten in a lot of fights and, and uh, spent a lot of time like upset with my house because I was looking at investment, not just the place I wanted to live. And when you say you got in a lot of fights, you mean it's a disagreement that you and Jen have? Yeah, because Jen Jen actually has a really good way of looking at the house. Hey, this is our home. This is where we live. She doesn't look at it from like a dollar in, dollar out standpoint. But for me, I do. So any dollar we spend, I want to know what my return on is going to be. If I put 25 yeah. grand into it, what am I going to see from that? So the fact yeah. that I do that causes a lot of arguments between us because she's like, look, it doesn't matter if you don't get your money out of it. And I'm like, I, I just struggle with that. I'm like, look, I'm putting 25 grand into it. Like I, I want to make something on it, you know? And if yeah. I would just stop looking at his investment and look at it as, a, a, you know, our home and experience with our kids and enjoyment, then, you know, it would be easier to go, okay, yeah, I'm going to spend this money on enjoying our home and making memories and our kids and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah. I struggle with that. Well, I wonder, do you, do you think you struggle with that just because of like, 
the the cloud of how much it's cost you i think I like maybe if it no sorry go ahead i think i struggle with it because i think of everything that way like anything that like i'm i'm gonna spend a a, you know a somewhat significant amount of money on i want to know what i'm getting for that money it's just like i don't know what it is you know i think that house definitely like I've had to work through a lot of issues because it left a really bad taste in my mouth for sure. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then, and then also I, w- I was going to throw out there something that that's cool nowadays. That's different nowadays is I think so many people saw their parents go through such hard times with their house yeah. that the, this generation is kind of okay, actually very okay with renting and just having a really nice place that they rent. Yeah. And a lot of very successful people rent. Well, yeah. And I think that's definitely changed. Like it's, it's no longer like a, a social, uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, almost, it was almost like a necessity. It was almost like a status. A status. status Exactly. It's no longer a social status. That's like completely gone. Like if you rent, you no longer look at somebody go, ah, you're not doing that well. You know? Now it's just like well, dude, you rent or you yeah. buy and it doesn't change anything. You're just like, oh, cool. And that is actually a perfect segue into our next topic, which is cars. Oh, worst investment ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so t- talk to us about mistakes that people make with cars. Well, well, I think, I think there's always the argument between or behind buying or leasing, right? Yep. And, and this is how I've always looked at buying and leasing. If, if you're going to own a car for seven to 10 years, you should buy it. To me, that's the only time it makes sense to buy a car. You're putting Uh yourself in a position to not have car. Uh, Repeat that again. I lost you. Are you going through a no service zone? I, I got you though. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It says I have 5G. Okay. Um, uh, where was I? Um, oh, like like buying or leasing. Like if you're going to buy a, a buy a car that you're going to own for 7 to 10 years, it makes sense yeah. to buy it, right? Because now you're putting yourself in a position where you don't yep. have a car payment. Or if you're going to like buy a cheap car outright, that's when you buy a car. If you're like go through cars every like three to five years, lease yep. the car. It makes no sense to buy it because the thing is losing value. So it's like, I, I think the thing with cars is people spend, they buy nice ass cars and they're just yeah. losing money driving them. Yeah. You know? And I know, I don't know. Cars is, a, I, I drove, I drove a car I own for, you know, 12 years. I drove a 97 yeah. hatchback. It, and so that was like a good way for me to not have a car payment. Oh yeah, you did. How did you buy that thing outright? Oh yeah, I did. I bought it for thirty five hundred bucks. Forever. I did, I had my first car payment Crazy. when I was thirty one years old. Um, okay. Yeah. So and this one, I know I've said this in previous podcasts, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. You know what I should say? This is what I say. So people talk yeah. about debt, right? You, you heard mm-hmm. people talk about debt, don't get in debt. So anytime you're going to get in debt, you want to have debt on something that's appreciating, something that's yeah, going that's up in point. value. Taking out debt on something that's going down in value is is never good. 
Yeah. And that's what a car is. That's the challenge. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add in, I know I've said this before, I'll be quick, but anybody that hasn't heard it, my brother sells cars to like every celebrity and they all lease their cars. They either pay cash for them because they can or they lease them. And um, they, after every three years, they come back and get the newest model. That's what pretty much every single, I can't, uh, like I don't think that I can't I don't know a percentage but very few purchase like we're talking you know Range Rovers like high-end cars they're all leases and that's the the reason is what basically you just yeah, explained totally. okay so next money mistake let's talk about yeah. recurring charges oh yeah this one's so easy to to forget about uh in the day of subscribe or yeah, dude. Uh, if you're not keeping track, it's real easy to forget that you that you still have a reoccurring payment. Yeah. It might just be like yeah. ten bucks, but like you know, they add up, and now you're spending two hundred bucks a month, and you're not even realizing where it's going. So I think like reoccurring payments can get you in trouble. And what it really is is not paying attention to your budget or where your money's going. That like. It's just really easy to happen yeah. on reoccurring stuff. And um, what would you, what what do you think the best system you know, is these days for people to keep track? Like just overall finances of their budget. Okay, man. We I, use Mint. Yeah. yeah, we use Mint. Mint's really good. It 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 does a really good job separating uh uh separating out all your spending and in, in all the different categories, and then it has like. What I like is that you have an app, right? And your app monitors your spending based on your categories. So you could, you know, you could check your app and it becomes like a game for me. Like, okay, I can't spend this much. This is my max. And, you know, you get close and then you have to like move money around from category to category. It's like, uh, it's like a fun game. It's like, it's a way you can make much money. <laughs> okay, right? I, I don't use Mint, but that sounds fun. Mint's really good. Yeah, Mint's really good. That, that's what we use. I don't. There might okay, be a better cool. one, but that's the best we've found. Um, and yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. Like when you go to, and especially like with with something like Avni, where we're like, where we're you know going. Around, there's so many different things. Like you know, a fifteen dollars software here, a fifteen dollars software here. It's like there's so many different things that it's like, uh, really important to keep track of that. So. Let's move on to keeping up with the Joneses and let's, let's talk about, uh, so my question for you, is there anything that you, I mean, you mentioned your house, but is there anything, and it could be back in the day when you were, you know, a younger athlete or now that you're married with kids, that's really hard for you to not keep up with the Joneses for you specifically, because you're pretty good at it. Um, is there something that I struggle with where I feel like I'm trying to keep up with people? Yeah. And if not, uh, well, first let me ask. Okay. So if not, is there anything that you're good at not spending on that you see other people like have a hard, like spending a lot of money on? Okay. Obviously you've talked about house and car. Okay. So, um, man, that's such a good question. Um, Keeping up with the Jones, man. I, I'm I'm pretty good at it at this point. Um, I I'm trying to think if there's if there's things that I struggle in with it. I would say the only like 
the only debate that I have now over it, I think it's more based on what I do, is a car. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the only one that, like, oh, I, could, yeah. I, could, I could argue both sides. Like, I feel like, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with how I look, but because I'm running a real estate fund and a, a, a big part of my job is not only raising money but managing money, I, I feel like I have to put out a certain type of like confidence in that person that I know what I'm doing. Right. And, and, yeah. and look, the way I look, dude, I'm wearing Converse and some like plaid, like pajama pants and a sovereign shirt. Right. So yep. if I get out of a, if I get out of a Prius wearing this, I don't, I don't know if it um, signal to the person I'm meeting with going, is this thing like a real company? Like who is, this is, I don't know about this. Right. We're like, I make, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Maybe I think the fact that like I drive a Tesla and look like this at least makes them feel a little different. I'm not totally sure. Um, That's the only thing that I think uh, as far as what I'm doing might be the only like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, but but so, then again, and, it's like you know, I'm I'm at a point where I can afford this car now. Yeah. You know? So okay, so tell the people what you drive. I drive a Tesla, but I drive an older Tesla. I bought a 2014 Model S. Model S. I brought I bought a 2014 that was used, and uh, I didn't spend that much on it. I didn't do like the hundred thousand dollar price tag at all. Yeah. You know. So you bought it used. You bought it for a way less than they they were going for before the three came out. So, I, I mean, my question to you is, why not go get an X right now? I don't want to spend that much money. It's just too much yeah. money. Yeah. And, and are you, are, you're, you're, you're talking 100K, 100 plus K. Like, yeah. that is really, really challenging for me to do. Like, I, I it's just <laughs> like, unless like, you know, there, there is the argument of like, leasing them through your business and... And, yeah. and now it kind of goes back into that conversation of like, they're good for your business. Um, but, uh, but no, I, it's too much. Yeah. Are you still thinking about getting a three? I actually want a three. Yeah. 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 I want to, it, it's, a, yeah, you're, you're such a great person to talk to about like not overspending. Cause it's like, I think a lot of people in your position would just go get an X. Um, but it's it's awesome to hear you're like no I'm I'm gonna get a three, um, yeah. okay yeah so, so that that would be a challenge for you um, okay so let's talk about credit card debt and compound interest okay um, I think credit card debt is the biggest thing that everybody's struggling with right now and I think that goes yeah. back to keeping up with the Jones right it's like I think too many people are trying to keep up with the social status or their friends or what they're buying. And so they're, they're, they're buying things that they can't afford. They're living above their means. And, and I think credit card may easy to do that and can also get you in a lot of trouble because once you start getting into debt, it's so easy to get into more and more and more by how compound interest works. Compound interest can be the best thing in the world and the worst thing. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I think credit cards, man, is a, is a big challenge for people, uh, where they get into debt and then they, they just, they get so deep. They, they feel like they can't get out. 
And really quick for any, um, most people do, but just give a really quick breakdown of what compound interest is in the negative sense, like on credit card debt. Yeah. So on credit card debt, let's say, let's say you're paying 5% interest on, on your debt. And let's say you're, you have a thousand dollars in debt, right? And let's say you don't pay the full thousand dollars. Let's say you pay your minimum and now your thousand dollars just became $1,700. Well, now you're paying 5% on $1,700 and your uh, principal just got more expensive. And so what happens is that cycle keeps happening. And then you get to the point where you not only can't pay your principal down, but you can barely even cover or not cover the interest that you owe on your minimum yeah. payment. Yep. And that's where people start getting screwed. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, and any any recommendations? I'm kind of hitting you, you with this blind because we didn't talk about it before. But any recommendations for anybody that's in credit card debt that is struggling their way out of it? Uh, yeah, th- I mean, this is what we do at least, like for for our budget. And you know, I've never really struggled with credit card debt, but um, but we have had debt in the past. My my wife went to college, and she had student loans that had debt. Um, and and I think like what we always do is when we go through our budget, we we look at what we absolutely need to survive, like the absolute essentials. And then we look at everything that we are are spending money on that's like entertainment or lifestyle or things that we could afford to not have. Yeah. Look at ways that we can cut those. Money to um, pay I'm, down either debt or if we want to do something. I lost you just for like the past like five Let seconds. Me know and you have me. So you look at the you look okay, at the so needs and then the wants would, and then get rid of the wants is what you're saying, right? Yeah, we we lower the wants so that we have leftover money each month to then pay down debt or like if we want to go do a trip, like you're saving money to pay for a trip. And I think like I, I don't know if there's people that don't look at what they're spending and break down the fact that there's necessities or wants, or if they just don't feel like it, it's too hard for them to say no to the wants. I'm not sure, but uh, to me, that's such a good way to get out of it. Like, like, and we talk about this all the time, coffee, right? Like this is like the most easy hack ever. If you go to Starbucks every day to get a coffee, stop going to Starbucks, start making yourself coffee every day. If you go to lunch, if you eat out, during work stop eating out pack yourself a lunch go shop it's like there's ways that you could pull dollars out of your budget i just don't think people pay attention to it and then are willing to like change their lifestyle to have extra money yeah that that was uh you know that was the the next point so let's go there what what other things like coffee uh have, have you cut out or do you recommend people cutting out Um, so for us personally, what we like for our budget, what we spend the most money on is food, like eating out and babysitting. That's what we spend. I didn't know babysitting was such like a big one for you guys. Interesting. Oh yeah, totally is. And that's probably, that's probably where. 
where the most uh, where the most dollars was last year for that's where the most dollars of ours we spent like on the wants and so gotcha. like you know the eating out one uh, that's one that like we started really cutting back on we started uh, making dinner we eat dinner pretty much six days a week now at the house make breakfast at the house I used to go eat breakfast every single morning at side street we would go out every yeah. night um so we do we did cut back there we're making a lot more food uh at the house uh, the babysitting one for us is like you know it's definitely a spend that's not a necessity but but we feel like it's good for our relationship to spend time with each other and go do things so it's uh yeah that's something that like i'm absolutely willing to pay for right now yeah yeah Another one too is okay, like cool. when you start talking about like uh, how you can get out of debt uh, if you if you're financing a car, you have a car payment, right? Three hundred bucks a month, four hundred bucks a month. Sell your car, go buy a cheap car, and have no car payment. It's an extra four hundred bucks a month you can put towards getting rid of your debt. Yeah, you know. So either if if you're gonna have an if you're gonna have a car uh, that's like new and expensive, lease it. Um, if you can get rid of it, all this depends is, on your well, situation, you, right? Like if you're, yeah. if you are able to save every month or, or invest or do some of these things and, and you're living off a comfortable lifestyle and you're able to lease a nice car, then fine. I think this is more for the person that's like, can't get out of debt or is going further in debt. Like I don't, I wouldn't even lease a car at that point. I'd go buy a cheap car and have no car payment. Like you need to get so your the challenge so, with that. So one. for those people, they need to get their monthly spending down. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. The one thing I will throw out with the car one that can be a trap is uh, you have to be careful. Uh, anyone buying an older car that you get an older reliable car. Well, yeah. That's a hundred percent true. But like, go get a car that's reliable, dude. Hondas are really reliable. Toyotas yeah. are really reliable. And, and not that expensive to fix. Toyotas, they're, they're not that expensive to fix. They're reliable. Yeah. Um, like uh, getting a, a bad car, you can end up spending a lot more on repairs and stuff as opposed to like getting a reliable car that's less expensive to fix, older car that's less expensive to fix yeah. and uh, is reliable. So yeah. for sure. Like, look, I just sold a Toyota Prius. Talk about 2013 that. 2013 Toyota Prius I just sold. I sold it for five grand. Like, that's a perfect car that has never been, it has no issues with it. $5,000. You buy a car, you have no car payment. Gets great yeah. gas mileage. You never have to worry about it. You're good. You know? Yeah. Dude, yeah. So and th those were the points that I had covered right there. So anything else? Anybody looking to, to um, get out of debt? We, we talked about getting no car payment, cutting down your monthly expenses, looking at recurring charges, mint.com. Mint mint.com mint um, is great. I think what it really comes down to is like, well, look, one, make more money, right? That That's definitely yeah. like a, a, a great way to help solve is, is go make more money. But you have to have these systems in place first or the second you make more money, your lifestyle goes up right with it. So yeah. it's like the idea of, of being being disciplined with a little so that you're able to be disciplined when you have a lot. Yeah. 
And then, so I, I just thought I something. So what do you think about like, and I guess you kind of touched on it about like the look of having money. I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's like, it's, it's the keeping up with the Jones. It's like, why, why are you trying to look rich? So people think you're rich or people think you're smart or people think you're successful. You're not living your life based on what other people think. Yeah. You know, I think that's awful. Yeah. And like, yep, why? So, it's like, why do it? Like, why not just like be rich? You know, I never understood that one. Dude, absolutely. And uh, it's really cool to see kind of what you guys are doing, the content going out with Commune and, and you know, it, it, I, I know you guys are working on, can I say you're working on a piece with you right now? Yeah. Yeah, work. Yeah, ch- stay tuned for that one. Uh, I've kind of seen them them filming it and stuff. It's going to be a really cool piece. I'm sure, it'll be on Mikey's personal as well as on Commune Capital. Yeah, just on on kind of like Mikey's outlook. You're really kind of an. I, I don't want to say you're an anomaly, but you really kind of got some really good views on money at a at a younger age that are really good for people to study and and kind of see because it's hard like. You know, everybody is is living this flashy lifestyle right now, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in that, especially right now. You so, know, you know what? I, look, I will say this. I, go for it. I I was incredibly lucky to have somebody at an early age teach me about money, and and really, like, I think the strongest thing I learned was how to live below my means but not have a mentality that it's all going to go away. And that's why I'm living below my means. Like it's like having a growth mentality that you can go accomplish a lot or make a lot of money, but being in a place of living below your means at the same time. It's like, I think that's what, what is hard for people to do, but yeah, dude, it's powerful. It's like, you know, it, it's a really good way to look at money because money can be a great tool. You know, I think it's just, yeah. it, money is so easy to take control of our emotions and i think that's where people struggle is it's they're they're caught up in the emotional side of money and then it's like can be so disrupt disruptive you know yeah 100 percent, dude okay so who knew i'd be uh, talking about money who knew my life would be like like when we were skating no one talked about money it was like the like thing you never do like if you would ask me five years ago i would say i'm not, not no i'll never talk about money now it's like talk about money more than anything well yeah that's kind of what i was saying in the beginning it's like it it was not talked about and and now it's talked about in a different way and so yeah but even now though it's like talked about but like how many conversations do you have with people about like like what if you ask me hey how much money do you make would it be comfortable for somebody to tell you how much money they make no it's uncomfortable for people to talk about what they make so you have like a uh a topic that I think 99.9% of people struggle talking about, you know? So I think there's, that we don't make a lot of progress on, on this problem because people aren't open about talking about it. It, Well, that, that is the problem is because 99% of people are not willing to talk about it. But then the 1% of people that, you know, made 200 grand on their phone this month, are more than happy to talk about it, yeah. you know? So that, that it gives uh, an unrealistic look at it. And uh, that's why I like the conversation that, you know, you guys are bringing up with 
with commune and you know kind of why we wanted to talk about it today on ovni is it's uh it's important to talk about it yeah yep so yeah and 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 always keep in mind that it's i mean i think everybody knows that a lot of people are struggling um there, there's a lot of, of struggle with money, like the level of do you, what stat can you throw out some stats on credit card debt? Oh, you know what? I heard it's, I heard it's high. I heard it's, I heard it's high, It's higher than 70%, but I did a poll on my Instagram and it came out 50%. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know. What so 70%, I got some stats here. 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 52% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. Sixty-four percent of Americans can't cover a thousand dollars thousand dollar emergency. Wow, um, that's from CNN, USA, and Market Watch. Dang. Um, yeah, so those. Uh, so it's a it's problem. Definitely it's a problem. Yeah, and it's definitely important to talk about. So, um, yeah, awesome. Um, anything else to add in? I think that's a really good outlook. You've done really good with money, and this isn't. I know we covered seven points today, you guys, but this is something that is a. Uh, a regular conversation um, and a topic you're going to see along with, you know, everything that Mikey's doing. So definitely stay in touch. Um, and, and dude, thank you for sharing. It's, it's good to hear someone talking about this. I don't like the, like throwing numbers in people's faces, even though, uh, you know, it is, it is a form of, of social proof that things are working. Um, it's a, it's oftentimes a, a one-sided view of that. So thanks for talking about it. I think it's a good topic. Yeah, no problem. And then, um, yeah, so let's, let's wrap it there. You guys, uh, stay tuned this month for some, some really cool guests. And, uh, this, again, this anchor app that we're using for the podcast is going to open up a lot more ease for us to connect with people. And yeah, anything else to add there, Mikey? No, that's all. Uh, check them out at the event this weekend. Uh, I'm, we're, we're putting this out today. And again, tune back in. We're going to have guests throughout the, the month. Um, but the beginning of every month, tune back in to uh, touch base with Mikey. And uh, I appreciate it, Mikey. Bye, we'll brother. wrap it there. Bye.